Penelope Mayburn. Welcome to Earth Converse podcast, where we explore our conversations and relationships with the earth, all in the hope of inspiring a deeper connection with ourselves, each other, and the earth that is our home. And I have a special guest today because we don't actually know each other, but he's just so open-hearted. When I met him on the Zoom call for the School of Lost Borders month-long training, which we couldn't do, we were going to do it in like June, July, but because of COVID, we couldn't. But we connected all on Zoom. And I just said to Calvin, well, you sound like you've got a good story. <laughs> so would you like to be on the Earth Converse podcast? And he goes, yeah. We'll start off with his particular story, uh, personal story, but and we'll weave in his work with Izuka, which helps young people in rites of passage in uh, South Africa, and specifically Jamestown, Stellenbosch. Yeah. Uh, because he really wanted to connect on the 2nd of September. And we tried, but there was a storm and the connection wasn't right. But it was a really meaningful day for him. And he'll explain why. So why, Calvin? Welcome. And why 2nd of September was so important? Hi, Calvin. Um, yeah, so uh, I, I particularly thought of the 2nd of September as being a special day because it was my father's, it would have been my father's 66th birthday. Um, he was really passionate about the works, working with young people, working with three kids, um, and working in South Africa and in our communities. And um, a large part of his journey was... Um, or his journey was cut short um, back in 2014. So I felt like I was connected because he was involved in this work and now I'm having a podcast or interview based on the work. And so being able to connect, because I'm doing the type of work that he did, I'm having that connection with him in this sort of way. He, you wouldn't, you, he didn't have the opportunity to see me in the work, you know. He never had the opportunity to see me um, do what, what he did. You know, really? um, so I'm, I'm sort of walking in his footsteps, and um, it's been it's been a journey. It's been a journey. Oh. Um, so I'll tell you all about how I got involved involved in this. Did you celebrate his 66th birthday, even though he wasn't there? How did you commemorate that day? I I don't really celebrate his birthday. I I don't think he was very much on birthdays, but. Um, the date that I do celebrate is the day he passed away. Um, so that's the 28th of February. That's um, roughly a week um, from my birthday. And um, I can remember what I was doing the day he passed away. So I commemorate the day he passed um, as being the day. Sort of it's my birthday or his birthday um, to me, you know, that type of connection today. Mm. Yeah, the day he passed. Embracing of living and dying. Do you want to talk about his death? Living and dying. Yeah, I can share some some about it. Um, yeah, because it is connected to the, the line of work or how I got involved. So my father, um, he did this work um, and he was he was really engaged. And, you know, this was his life's work and his purpose. I felt it was his purpose. And um, a week leading up to his passing, I was so fixed on college and exams and studying that I couldn't, or I didn't make opportunity or I didn't avail myself to see him in hospital. And um, like every single day there was an opportunity um, for an entire week. And um, I, I wouldn't say I had an excuse. I had um, um, other priorities, so to speak. Day after day, I, I didn't sort of a reason for not being see. And um, the last day I eventually saw him um, he was 
was unable to speak. So at that moment in time, you know, it was bugging me because I felt like I, you know, how do we do this? I mean, we as people, we all so fixated on success and becoming someone and something that we did all other little things around us or other big major things around us, which is family and friends and communication and connecting with others, you know, and relationships. Mm-hmm. And so um, it hit me hard because I didn't, five minutes, I couldn't give up five minutes of my time to spend five minutes with him, you know. And um, and I got involved using that as my, my, my stepping stone in saying that, you know, there's so much things that matters in life. There's so much. The, life is life, you know, and it's supposed to be enjoyed and you should appreciate the ones around you. You should appreciate every moment of life, you know. And so I'm in that point where I'm trying to educate people to love life and enjoy life and appreciate and take your time, you know. Uh, be generous and be kind and, you know, um, understand that um, life is not forever. Beautiful learning yeah. from, that, the, from that tough experience. And I can imagine, you know, I just, well, you know, is, that's a normal, it's a, such a normal reaction, isn't it, um, that, we, that we do that. And it's because it's hard to face that and um, to help somebody transition or to see them ill and, no wonder, yeah. So there's a little, yeah, I can imagine there's a little self-forgiveness. It sounds like you've been doing some work about yeah. it to yourself and then turning this this time into a real mission. Mission to do um, what, he, what he did. So back in 2014, um, he passed away um, the 28th of um, February and um, 2014. And um, I was invited to attend a, a ceremony, a gathering, the um, international wilderness gathering. Um, and it was down here in South Africa, in um, the East Coast. And um, I was asked to attend. And uh, my duty was to just hand over um, some relic that um, father that was given to my father. And I just had to send it off. They wanted the whole process. They wanted it to be processed instead of just me handing it over and just walking away or just sending it to someone else. And at that moment, I it felt as though I was giving part of me away, you know, some part of him I was giving away to someone else um, because he loved this. Uh, it was a smoking pipe. He loved the pipe very much. And um, But in this process, I just broke out in tears and I because I felt as though I was sort of letting go mm. of a part of him, you know, with some type of memory. Um, and, um, yeah, and I met so many beautiful people from uh, Germany to America and people that knew him. Um, and they have journeyed with him at some point. And um, I created some relation around that. Before, that. before 2014, had you been involved in the wilderness or was this the first introduction to his world by doing this ceremony? Yeah, the, the 2014 was the introduction to the ceremony to wilderness. Before then, I was working at the supermarket. Before then, I was just doing, you know, I was, I was young. I was uh, uh, 20 and at the time and... I didn't have any interest, uh, not interest, but I didn't know much about what he, what it was that he was doing or involved with. And so 2014 was sort of the gateway to my being a part of um, the wilderness and falling in love with it, you know. 
My goodness, what mm. powerful. Yeah, and, and, and literally when you said about handing over the, the, the pipe, just I, I felt um, uh, goosebumps about that. But I might actually, before you go into your own vision fast, why had he not introduced you to wilderness or had he, like before, before that, growing up, before, like in your first, you know, your 20 years, were you connected to the land? Tell us about a little bit about growing up first before your vision quit. No, I was never connected to the land, you know. Um, I think there's uh, the belief that um, each one's journey is different. And uh, I think it, in mind it was that he knew that I would walk my own journey and I would uh, find my own way, you know. Um, into whether it is wilderness or um, everybody is just but guides to someone else. And he knew that he was a guide to me. You know, it wasn't his duty for him to walk with me, but instead had to, at some point, leave me and let me go and I should do the, the entire journey on my own. I think that's the journey of life. Yeah. So, yeah. Sure. Did he talk about it, though? Did he live with you? Um no, he didn't. My mother and my father were divorced at the time, um, so I didn't. I saw him often. Um, the relationship was good. I mean, he was he educated us in every single turn. You know, um, life advice. Um, he always said that uh, life is about your choices in life. You know, life is about choices, or life is consisted of constant choices. And uh, and at the end of the day, after making a decision, you have consequences, and the consequences are yours. And um, he taught us values and yeah, values and how we should sort of conduct ourselves and how one should respect others. And um, these those type of conversations we would have um, sitting around the table and we just share something. And he would always relate it to our communities and type of the way in which we as people in South Africa live, you know, whether it be white, black, colored, you know, we have this... It's as if we have blindfolds on our eyes that we're unable to see uh, the beauty. We're unable to see. All we see is only the negativity, all the bad things that are happening on a daily. So, yeah, he tried to open our eyes um, to see things differently. Myself and my twin brother and other siblings. Yeah, uh, you're a twin. Yes, I'm a twin. Yes. Oh, I always like a good twin story. <laughs> is, your, is your twin brother going through a similar journey? Um, Yes, he's completely in the opposite. He's um, so I do wilderness therapy, and he's more into the medical field. You know, emergency medical services. So he's involved there. So he's helping people in another manner. We we both feel that um, being generous and helping others is like the key goal. You know, is what we live for. Mm. Yeah. Well, beautiful values and, and wonderful messages. I love about choice. I think we have more opportunities in choice than we think where we have, don't we? And uh, taking them and there will always be, yeah, implications. Not so much of a connection, you know, at growing up, but just these strong family values and, uh, yeah. Any, anything from you growing up in your 20s that sort of jumps out leading to this to the like the insight of wilderness like you you might have not done it but it was there any sort of seeds that you think that were planted I hear definitely in terms of choices and respect and family and community and helping others but were there in reflection um before you went out to wilderness were there any seeds around your connection with nature as a child I don't know I think I was born with this um, liking um when I was a child I used to cut out little tents and jeeps and 
wilderness um, equipment and things, things that I would wish when I was older that I would buy for myself. Mm. Um, so uh, there was no, I can't say there was a real, uh, something that maybe triggered it. I mean, I was involved in scouts. I, I did a couple of ones. I hiked with a school. Um, so there wasn't really a connection maybe where I can say that I related to it. I'm, I fell in love, I mean, because I was coming to the understanding of during this, my introduction with wilderness and uh, the wilderness gathering, where I was introduced to so much, like a variety of things. And I mean, the variety of the types of people, the different uh, uh, cultural backgrounds and religious backgrounds and different beliefs. You know? And then it related to the type of world we're living with so many species of plants and earthly life and creatures, you know what I'm saying? And we all are in this cycle of life. Um, uh, it's still connected, yeah. Yeah, and just yeah. the bigger community, like you've really, by going in, stepping into that wilderness ceremony and meeting all those people, you connected with a bigger community and probably even, you know, of your father's generation as well. So expanding that. So you first so just planted the seed for the vision quest. So tell us about the vision quest. Yeah, so the vision quest um, I did with... Um, a friend of my father's, um, it was a good colleague of my father's, ex-colleague, Jillian Wilson. Um, so, yeah, we were in the Cedarburg Mountains, and I had my own journey. And on that uh, camp, uh, on the on that solo, um, overnight solo, I I had time to really speak to um, the earth and speak to my father and speak to the heavens just for guidance in, in my life because I was turning 21. And um, 21 in, in South Africa, we have this tradition when you turn 21, you're given a 21st key. And um, I didn't have key because I, I key because my mother didn't, we didn't have enough money for it. Um, but the key represented your step into adulthood, sort of. But I didn't feel like an adult. I felt as though uh, I needed, I needed much more than that. A, a key cannot represent um, a sort of different stage in my life, you know. Um, I had to step into being more responsible and making more more choices. So you know, the, that solo represented my first step into um, becoming an adult. The first step, you know, the first. Yeah. And it's like as if it was the gateway. Yeah, as if it was the gateway to my to yeah. my adult life. It's really symbolic. Not only your first of sort of that transition from your from your dad's uh, yeah. death and passing, but him inspiring into that. You know, inspiring the work. And then this, yeah, this 21, yeah, creating your own rites of passage. What was it like um, yeah. creating, like connecting with the earth and talking to the earth when you feel like you hadn't done that in the past? So what was it? Did it come naturally or did you at first find it strange or how did you enter that? Um, I think it, it just happened naturally. I mean, yeah, it happened naturally. I, I didn't fight it. I mean, I was alone. And there was no one to talk to about myself. And um, there was no one to talk to about the plants and the trees, you know, because all is life. And um, I believe they heard me. I mean, I, I saw as I walked on my path to finding my spot, um, I noticed that there was crossroads, you know, and I felt like I was in the crossroad. And I initially, when I made the decision on where I was walking, and because I was looking at all the signs, because, you know, the omens, the signs in life, and the signs on my path, I realized that um, I could have ventured with most of the group in the one direction in the sense that they 
you know, or I could have settled for a spot where there's a road, let's travel, you know, something yeah. that we do something different, you know, there's not a lot of people doing the stuff, but I never thought or imagined that I would be in the space. So somehow, some way this connected to my life's work and this one particular opportunity I had with a solo. So I'm, yeah, so I feel grateful for the opportunity. I think this led to, this led to me being where I am. Oh, that's super. But I love also, it does feel so normal. We do feel heard. We do look for signs. Hearing that. So, and so you first step into adulthood in this vision quest. So tell us more about you stepping into this responsibility and more choices. Tell us more. Yeah. So, um, so during my the passing of my father, um, I was on college. And uh, just after he passed, I still had those big exams that I was studying for. And I couldn't focus. I couldn't study. I was I just, you know, I went into the space where I couldn't think because um, I'm guilty. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I failed. And when I was able to go to the vision or my first solo, I made a few commitments to myself on this, on this time there where I said I would go back to studying and I'm going to finish, complete it, you know, and um, I'll take it from there, but I'm, I'm more responsible and determined. Um, I even made a vow that I would step into a definite role at work, you know, because I have to, I'm at the age of 21, and so I feel like I can take on more responsibility. And in that year, I became a supervisor while going back to studying. Um, so it was it was a lot more you know, responsibility on my I had to juggle things like, um, but um, well, yeah, I, from that from that vision quest, everyone's sort of like, "Whoa, Calvin! Oh, he's you know, did you come to charging in? He's changed, yeah, yeah. he's changed, yeah, somewhat." <laughs> um, yeah, so I and, and I walked into this role, and um, yeah, so with regard to where I'm at now in my life, I feel like I'm I'm further stepping into the role. You know, I'm uh, I'm at the age of 26, and um, the reason for me wanting to uh, attend um, the month long uh, at the School of Lost Borders is simply just to further that transition into adulthood. It's not just um, I don't think it has an age to it, you know. No. But I look around, see my I look at my community, and I look at the, the the adults in my community, and I feel like I can be much different. Um, much responsible because the way our community works and the way things are happening in our communities that we lack role models we lack um, positive influences we we lack leaders that can actually lead without expecting anything in return you know someone that's for the people and not for themselves so um, I'm, I'm in the in this process where I'm transitioning into this I won't say uh, if one could call it a proper adult, but not the proper adult, but a more assertive adult, one that speaks his mind, one that um, uh, is able to stand up for other people's rights and stand up for himself, you know, mm-hmm. one that leads and one that's a role model. So, mm-hmm. yeah. So, right. Great. A really conscious, yeah, a real conscious leader and stepping into that. I do think, I think that we have... And many adults are running around in, in, in you know, teenage bodies or, or younger that actually we haven't stepped into a real adultness 
Yeah, and our behaviours and our contribution, taking on responsibilities and commitment. This is a really important, important work that you're doing with yourself in honour. And I like, you know, you're really honouring your dad's passing, aren't you? Yeah, I, I definitely am. Mm. Um, but in the same same way, in the same breath, in the same stride, I'm, I'm trying to create my own type of um, individual, my own, yeah, I, I always say... Uh, I'm walking in his footsteps, but at the same time, I'm creating my own. Absolutely. Or being held by that, you know, encouraged, but then just being able to fly. So in terms of your own path, how does it feel for you? You talked about more responsibilities and, and being the leader you want to be and stepping in where it's absent. But what else does it mean for you, this adultness? I think ultimately, um, I think it would mean to me freedom, you know, freedom of choice. Um, freedom to decide whatever I want and how I want to, and how I want it, how I want things, and um, I would be more assertive and more uh, positive in doing the works, you know, because uh, the young people in our communities they need positive role models. They need uh, they need somebody by them by this side that says that says I have walked this journey that you are walking in right now. Uh, yours won't be the same, but I want you to be brave enough, you know, I want you to be strong enough to to journey your journey because I am a result of doing that, you know, I am a result of, you know, I'm a, I'm a living, bleeding, I'm, I'm a living person that has experienced what, sort of what you have sort of experienced or things yeah. similar. Yeah, you're on that path. You can sort of, you know, I'm on the path and, you know, you're a little bit ahead of some and a little bit behind others. Tell us about the work. So how did you get into actually, you know, your own path, but then with uh, Yuzuku? So my father worked here um, just before he passed. So this was the last NGO that he contributed to um, in a way of his time, you know, and he was a, he was a part of. I met some of the gentlemen, Usiku um, uh, staff, at the, I think it was 2017, the last um, gathering, this gathering, um, I met them in Germany and we had some talks. And so I was interested in the work they did, but um, to a small scale because um, what I studied was civil engineering and that was my sort of idea. Before going to Germany, I was in Germany and things changed dramatically for me. In three weeks, I was a different person. In three weeks, I was speaking a different tune. <laughs> and um, yeah, everything just worked like Everything was a sign. Everything was a gift. Everything was just, I don't know. I couldn't explain it. And um, I was still working at the supermarket at the time. So I met some of this, these guys. And just in short, um, I read the book, The Alchemist, of the young man giving up everything. Yeah. I came back from Germany. I gave up my job. And I just like said, like I'm just in it for life, you know. And they gave me a call and said, listen, are you interested? Um, I don't think they've ever seen me um, before that or at the gathering. But, um, yeah, I just, I don't know, I just fell in. It was just like, I don't know, I just connected with the work and connected with the organisation. The sort of, um, when it's happened so much, it's sort of like, like I've not got an image of like a seed bursting or something, you know, like just sort of where just in a very short time and then just the, the flow of that and finding your place and finding your work and stepping into that. Definitely. And, and it just happened. I, I, I wish I could explain it, but I, I think it's just the way of life, you know. Um, I'm respectful for all things and all signs and all of life. And um, 
I'm humble in that, you know, um, and I just allow that to guide me, to give me, show me the way. Um, and it has until now, you know. Yeah. Wow. So, yeah. Trusting the universe, feeling held by that. So, so what do you yeah. do in terms of? Did, tell us about about the work that you actually do and working with young people, and what is that the community you're serving? So, the community in um, Jamestown. It's, it's not Jamestown only; it's the entire South Africa. You know, you have. Um, so they, they, we started the organization started based on the young people that are unable to guide themselves. You know, young teenagers becoming pregnant and having that responsibility and um, losing their faith and love in life, you know, about life and not being able to grow the transition, you know. And um, so we there to help these young people transition from their lives, you know, from being a young adolescent to becoming an adult. Our wish is to guide them and um, help them make positive choices within their life. Because, I mean, we this country has drugs, alcohol abuse, drug abuse, teenage pregnancies on high. Um, we have now cases where kids are being raped and molested and being killed. And so there are so much. Um, and if you walk into the community and you see the type of life, you know, even in my community, the type of life, people are stupid enough to allow it just to happen and not say anything. But it's because of the fear that has been rejected upon us, you know, the fear to say something and do something about it because other people would either look at you funny or you would do it all on your own. But this organization started based on that. A group of men sat in a circle and just started the work, just started something because they felt that they couldn't anymore. So they took the responsibility upon themselves to do something, mm. whether people were involved or not. And so, I mean, that space where I do that, where I sit with the young people and we speak about everyday life, you know, I facilitate, but I, I, I try my best to try to figure out where they're at in their lives, what type of challenge they, challenges they are facing, because I, for one, has probably experienced the same thing. And then we work around that. And then our duty is to also install values within them, make them, you are so strong as a person yeah. and they just need to see their greatest potential. So we work on resilience, you know. You have to make decisions and make choices for yourself. Speak out if you have to, you know. Do not be confined to your community where you can only do as much. The life is broad. Life is, there's so much to see, so much to, to so much to, to see and hear and feel and experience. They don't allow themselves to because they, they, they struggle to fathom the extent of the imagination. So, yeah, so I'm in the work where I, I try and encourage them, motivate them, challenge them and make them realize that they have the potential to be great. They are great, you know, regardless, regardless of your circumstances or what you came from. It's not where you, what you came from, but it's where you're going. Yeah, you know? it doesn't define you. How do you do that? I saw the website. It was a sort of globally recognized wilderness therapy model that integrates traditional African and First Nation people's cultural rituals together with modern psychological therapy. So, yeah, give us a feel of what that what that looks like. Um, so on our wilderness camp, so firstly we have flat up into an eight-week program. In those weeks we, we kind of work with young people. We uh, see where they're at, who they are as people, as young people. And eventually after the eight weeks um, we try to have an idea and once we have an idea of who they are, 
um, we have a wilderness camp. It's only three days long, and there's different role players in this wilderness camp. But our, our duty, our, our focus is mainly the solo, you know, where you have them to participants up. But we give them a couple of questions just to think about. Question being, who are you? Who are you as an individual? We are forever changing, but at that moment, who are you? What type of person? Or how have you been in that type of way? And then uh, why are you here? Why are you in this earth? Do you have a sense of purpose? Are you looking for purpose? So we kind of give them the, the thought of having an intention for the last. And like, where are you heading with your life? What is it that you want to accomplish as a person, as a young person? And the last question is, um, what do you have to offer? So we try to install generosity for them to be generous to one another and other people out there. Everybody's so focused on becoming successful in the sense that they can just head out and be focused on themselves. But there's so many other people still suffering around us. How can you, how can you live with yourself? So, yeah, so our, our, our model uh, is really focused on, on the camping, the solo bit, where we allow them out in the wilderness to really settle their thoughts and feelings, allowing nature to speak to them, going out with the intention and coming back with something, something that they can, they can share and something that they have to offer to the community and to themselves because they owe themselves so much. Um, they so caught up with their past experiences and, and, and feelings and circumstances that they're unable to see the beauty of life, you know, unable to see the beauty within life or which is life, you know. And, yeah, you know, so that's basically it. Yeah, but it's so powerful, isn't it? And, and this lovely that this, this solo, it's across cultures, isn't it, the practice of going out yeah. and being with nature. And are you, is it, a, is it, is it mixed race? Is it, is it uh, mixed genders? Or what is the, what is the typical group? So uh, we, we do uh, Tosa-speaking people and we do coloured people. I, I do not like this, you know, I, I don't like to define us into classes because uh, apartheid has taught us so much and we still, you know, sort of in that system. Um, but, yeah, we do all races and all ethnic groups. I would like to say all types of, uh, types of religion as well. Sometimes we struggle from time to time, you know, um, with regards to people's beliefs. Uh, not everybody believes the same God. And, yeah, so we don't blame them and uh, we accept you as you are. And I mean, I think that's the thing, isn't it? Like where nature does not discriminate, does not, it's all, it's an yeah. you know, it's the holding of that and feeling connected. And I know, I mean, we talked briefly um, in email about, you know, there's a, there's a, the common bond of humanity, I do agree, like in terms of like Black Lives Matter and that sometimes you have to get nuanced in order to see the whole, both individual and the collective. But this great, that where Mother Nature literally can hold us all and people stepping into that. Yeah, uh, I do my part. I see the beauty in all kids. Um, they are our future. They are our, like we normally say it, they are the next generation. And if we do not back them up, if we do not encourage them, that generation will be lost. At the moment, we have kids, they're not interested, they're not eager to live. You know, they have no purpose to live. They don't have, yeah, they, they're not excited about life. And aren't we supposed to be excited since the gift, of the gift of life, you know, in each and every one of us? And because we're so focused on what we like to achieve that we do not recognize what we have received, you know? So um, my greatest part of what I do is just to 
express happiness, you know, be joyful, be, <laughs> yeah, really you know, enjoy life. Like, and I think maybe, you know, losing your dad at such a tender age helps that, you know, in a way helps that yeah. because it puts in perspective and, and I think sort of really honouring that, that preciousness of life and also I love about um, seeing good in people, you know, yeah. mirroring back their goodness and I yeah. think also it's the old proverb, isn't it, it takes a, you know, a community to raise a child, you know, that they can have, they can have their parents, they can have their family and friends but also different mentors like mm. yourself that offer different ways of seeing the world and perspectives exactly. and things like that. Exactly. Yeah. So I'll, my duty, I would like to say, is to make them recognize that, that there are different parties and there are different mentors, you know, not just myself and not just the people I work with, but there's others out there that are genuinely there to support you in some way or the other, whether it be good or bad, you know, People are there, they walk your journey, they walking a journey separate to you, but they, you know, you meet them at some point in your life and you lose them maybe again, or maybe you still have contact with them, but that's part of life, it's part of the journey. Um, yeah. Mm. So, I mean, we just, um, you said the uh, community to raise a child. So I created the fundraising when I, when I, uh, started so that I can support myself with, um, traveling to, to America. And um, it was called that, the community to raise a child. <laughs> a child. Yeah. So I, I feel so connected to that because I'm at that point where I would like to create some type of community because we have lost our ways. Everybody has become so, I'm going to say, uh, I don't want to use the term selfish, but self-considered in a way that we do not consider others. We do not look at others. We don't care about others. We just care about your life. And in a way, if everybody goes or goes in and does that, you know, there will be nothing left of anything, you know. What do you think? I mean, it's a big question and it's probably pretty unfair, but what do you think is behind that of this sort of, you know, this sort of selfishness or we, we've lost our ways? What do you think is at the core of that? That's a big question. So the battery is about to shut down. <laughs> Perfect time. I think the... I think the, the, the core concept behind that is um, people are, I, I won't say it's a thing. I think it's a type of culture, type of, you know, and we've been influenced by media and everything around us. So I feel like that has a big influence on the way that we're living. We only see negativity. We see it on the news. We see it everywhere. What about the positivity? What about the positive things in life? What about the beauty in life? Why don't we see that? So, yeah. It was a big question anyway, and it's probably one that we can all sit with and see what your thoughts are. But I'll put the links in to Calvin's work and uh, the NGO. We'll put a pause here and see you back for the next Earth Converse podcast. Go out and enjoy nature, one conversation at a time.